0: Welcome to Bollywood is for lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Erin Fraser.
1: And I'm at Bose. This week, for our third annual Hindi horror Halloween episode, we are checking out three films by the Ramsey Brothers. Up first is 1981's Hotel, starring Navin Nishal and Rakesh Roshan as rich capitalists trying to build a hotel on top of a Christian graveyard.
0: Then comes Piranha Mandir, the second highest grossing film of 1984, which finds Monish Bal and Arti Gupta trying to deal with a decades-long family curse, played by Ajay Agarwal.
1: And finally, 1988's Virana, which features the eponymous Jasmine as a young woman possessed by an ancient witch, and Himat Berge as a hunky guy on a motorcycle who just might be the key to her salvation.
0: Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty Six territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Matt, I think there are ghosts in our apartment. Yeah. We just recorded uh, about twenty minutes of this podcast, only to discover that our mic was on at the wrong setting. So
1: it take was ghosts. Two. <laughs> it was ghosts. It's
0: totally ghosts. Totally God. ghosts. Not our own uh, human error. The ghost out to get us. They changed our mic setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome back, lovers. It is our third annual Hindi horror episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, these episodes are always a bit of a mixed bag.
1: So far, yes.
0: Uh, this is no exception. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the, these episodes are always a bit of good and and a lot of. Bad.
1: I think the films we're looking at this time. Two of them, anyway, are among the better Hindi horror films we've watched. Yeah. But probably the best Hindi horror film we watched <laughs> wasn't actually for any episode.
0: No. It no. was
1: uh, Radhika Apte in uh, Phobia, which was fantastic. Movie. Yeah. And we hopefully will talk about it at some point. <laughs> but if you haven't seen it, it was great. It's like a like a Hindi equivalent to uh, Polanski's Repulsion.
0: Yeah. I'd really also like to check out Trapped, which came out earlier this year, which might be more of a thriller uh, than a horror film, Uh, but it looks fantastic, and I'm sure we'll watch it uh, by our year-end wrap-up episode, because, uh, yeah, that one looks like a lot of fun.
1: Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I've wanted to do an episode on the Ramsey Brothers since the inaugural uh, Mm -hmm. Hindi Horror Halloween episode. But you felt that we probably should work through some newer films so we could see what the current landscape looks like,
0: yeah, well, you know, when we first did one of these episodes, the podcast was still very new, uh, and this seemed like a pretty deep dive mm-hmm. um but but now I think it's I think it's time uh, because you know we've discussed uh, a lot of Bollywood cinema over. Um, many decades, uh,
1: not decades chronologically for us. Yeah, but but we've watched things from a bunch of decades, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, and you know, and we and we've covered some Hindi horror in the past, so now it seems you know, right to go back to the Ramsey brothers.
1: Uh, who, See where it all began, really.
0: Yeah, are very much kind of, I mean, dare I say, kind of the godfathers of Hindi horror.
1: I think you could easily get away with saying that.
0: Yeah, they're certainly um, the most prominent studio and group of filmmakers to work in horror in Bollywood, at least that we've come across.
1: Mm-hmm. It seems like there was a few things leading up to them breaking out in the early 70s. Mm-hmm.
0: And there's been some horror since them, obviously. The 1920 series, for example.
1: Mm -hmm. the Diane, We've we've watched quite a few Hindi horror films. And yeah.
0: Ram Gopal Varma does a lot of horror.
1: Yeah, he seems to have picked up the torch in the 90s.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can't say uh, we really loved the horror films we've seen from him. No. But they're out there.
1: I haven't really loved any films we've seen from Ram Gopal Varma. Sarkar 1 was okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. a lot of the inspiration and research for this episode came from the brand new book, mm-hmm. Don't Disturb the Dead, the Story of the Ramsey Brothers by Shamia Desgupta. I talked to him a little bit on Twitter. He suggests calling him Shamo, So Shamo. Uh, and yeah, um, if we get any facts wrong from the book, <laughs> blame us. Don't blame Desgupta. It was a it was a really interesting book mm-hmm. about a group of filmmakers who I'd only seen mentioned um, or... Wow. S- sort of uh talked about in the film Miss Lovely, mm. which we talked about in mm-hmm. our cons film episode mm-hmm. and apparently the real Ramsey brothers were sort of ticked off about that movie because mm. the uh the portrayal of uh micro budget horror pornography that uh <laughs> uh and his brother are making is not exactly what they were doing right uh they they argued instead that it was their um, contemporaries who kind of sprouted out around them basically kicking Hindi horror off.
0: They're imitators.
1: The imitators. Yeah. Like the low-budget Ramsey Brothers imitators. When yeah. you know, you look at how much a Ramsey Brothers film cost, if you get a low-budget imitator of that, who oh boy.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and that film uh, was very much inspired by, the, by research that the director was doing to make a documentary about uh, kind of low-budget, sleazy, softcore porn productions in Mumbai, but no one wanted to go on record.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so he created this this fiction film that's a composite of his research. And I, I think um, for those in the know, it, it's, it's pretty clear that you know having two brother filmmakers is somewhat inspired by this famous family of brothers that made their living off of sleazy horror films.
1: Yeah. Um, it also, like, what happens in Miss Lovely seems closer to what happens in the dirty picture, especially when, mm-hmm. uh, well, the Silksmitha character is really down on her luck near the end and right. doing some uh, really crappy movies. Right. That seems to be more the world that, uh, you know, Miss Lovely's uh, interpreting. Mm-hmm. I've also really wanted to do an episode on this because of an album that uh, right. we bought... Three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. So, this is uh, Bollywood Bloodbath, the 52nd album put out by Finders Keepers Records, my uh, favorite weird record label <laughs> that I spend way too much money on. <laughs> so, this Bollywood Bloodbath album has some awesome music on it, and quite a few of the songs came from some Ramsey Brothers movies. Mm-hmm. So, they have The Theme from Sonata, they have Guest House, probably my favorite song on the album. He Met Me in the Guest House. Da uh, Dashat, Mont uh, Darwaza, Hotel, which we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. today. We're going to be using that song. And Andera. So, you know, there, there's, there's quite a few Ramsey Brothers uh, cuts on this album. And, you know, it was the awesome art on the cover of it that drew me in. <laughs> and also the idea that a film industry in the 70s, 80s, and 90s was based, A, on... Monster mask, you know blood and guts movies mm-hmm. plus disco. <laughs>
0: yes, there is so much disco. I
1: really like that combination.
0: And I, yeah, I love disco. So the music in these films really appealed to me. And some of this, the music in the in the Ramsey Brothers films on this album and in the films that we're going to discuss was done by Rajesh Roshan and Bappi Lahiri. Yep. So two pretty big names. Uh, in Hindi cinema, I mean, especially Rajesh Roshan. Yeah. Um, nowadays, with directing, you know, the Krish franchise, uh, and I mean, Bappi Lahiri is is a legend.
1: Yeah. Uh, in and- addition to those two, also Usha was the uh, hmm. um, female music director, first ever in the Bollywood industry oh, wow. who worked on Hotel. So they were also Hotel
0: has great music.
1: That is probably the best part of the movie. Yes. Yeah. But they were they were picking good people to work with. Although Mm -hmm. the philosophy of the Ramsey Brothers was no stars, no cars.
0: Yeah, they kind of remind me of Bloom House, which is a a Hollywood studio uh, that's very successful nowadays. And so Mm -hmm. they produce a lot of low budget horror films that are made very very cheaply and do very well at the box office
1: This is your sinister your insidious your paranormal purge. activity and Paranormal activity was yeah. the big one that that set those guys off Yeah
0: paranormal activity has made so much money and Wasn't movies... the first one
1: like the best ratio of um like money spent to money made in any Hollywood film?
0: Maybe maybe yeah it's up there because the films are so cheap to make um that you know they only they don't even have to make as much uh back as kind of your average hollywood film to make a profit but they end up doing very well they're
1: they're made for the craft services on other films like that amount of money
0: yeah but they're just they're tapped into the the zeitgeist of kind of what people find scary
1: urban legends technology exactly. other people like in the purge movies and politics mm-hmm. um Yeah, and Blumhouse is also sort of on the edge of the industry.
0: Yeah, yeah. There
1: aren't a lot of people lining up to say, oh, I've been the next Blumhouse picture.
0: (laughs) No, it's a lot of kind of up-and-comers or uh, stars who are still trying to keep a, a foothold in the industry, but maybe their kind of golden years have come and gone.
1: And I think they did the Ouija movies, too, and possibly Oculus The one about a haunted mirror and a haunted movie, respectively. They're making
0: a uh, Bollywood remake of Oculus.
1: I believe that movie's already come and gone.
0: Oh, has it?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was watching a tried-and-refused productions film today about uh, Bollywood movies you did not realize actually came out in 2017 and made no impact in the box office. Ah. I think uh, the recent film Get Out is probably the one that's gone most mainstream, Mm -hmm. wouldn't you think? Yeah. Because it's really tapped into ideas of, uh, you know, the, the black experience in America right now, and mm-hmm. it is telling a story through horror that is not being told otherwise.
0: They also put out Whiplash. Uh,
1: I, I knew, A movie which, I know that you particularly found sort of horrifying. So. I,
0: I did, yes, um, but which was nominated for Academy Award for Best Picture, and they have the number one movie in the continent at the moment, Happy Death Day, mm. uh, which, you know, is... It's kind of fun, stupid, yeah. but kind of fun. Aesthetically, though, they don't share much in common with Blumhouse. No. Aesthetically, I find them a bit more in line with Hammer horror mm-hmm. from uh, the sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Hammer was a studio, well, is a studio; they're still around uh, in Britain. Who? Uh, started making films in the 1930s um, and really found a heyday in the 60s and 70s with these kind of um, sleazy, sexed up well, supernatural films.
1: Sleazy for the time.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's still kind of an air of British class to them. Uh, So a lot of the vampire films starring Christopher Lee. Uh, They have a whole series of Dracula films.
1: Peter Cushing.
0: Oh, love Peter Cushing. Hound of the Baskervilles. Uh, They're really, they're Mm -hmm. kind of like a gothic horror.
1: Using a lot of public domain stories as well.
0: Uh, A lot of fun made very, very cheaply, but very much with kind of this signature hammer horror style
1: kind of garish colors mm-hmm. although
0: and featuring a lot of lovely ladies who are clearly there I mean a lot of them had uh, talent a lot of wonderful actresses went through hammer horror mm-hmm. um, but in those films they're mostly used for their kind of, eye candy exactly their their aesthetics
1: yeah you might also look at uh, Paul Nashi films out of uh, Spain he did a lot of werewolf mm-hmm. pictures and maybe the one that's closest to your heart, Jean Roland. <laughs> yes. The uh, inimitable, he's French, right? He's, I think he's French. Yeah. The inimitable French filmmaker who brought us such gems as Caged Virgins <laughs> and uh, Daughters of uh, Destruction.
0: Uh, you're thinking of Daughters of Darkness. Daughters but he of Darkness. Didn't, He didn't do Daughters of Darkness. Oh. Yeah. Um,
1: but that's a, a lot of, a lot of lesbian vampire pictures, <laughs> uh, vampirus lesbos, is that him? I that's think?
0: just Franco. That's
1: just Franco. Just Franco. You can lump in there as well. <laughs>
0: I'm so, a bit of an expert on lesbian vampire.
1: films. Well, you wrote your last uh, your last paper in school on lesbian vampire films, as I recall, because I think I edited it for I you. I
0: did. Yes. Yeah. It's a genre that uh, I've done a heart. lot of research. Yeah.
1: In. <laughs> um, but what I was thinking before watching the Ramsey Brothers mm-hmm. films is that, contrary to where we're placing them mm-hmm. in kind of a art housey reaction to things like Universal Studios Dracula Frankenstein all these big movies
0: I don't know about wait like, are you saying that hammer is somewhat art housey
1: compared to Universal Studios yes I would say that they have a definitive house style they do. which transfers across and was different from mainstream films at the time
0: I agree but I I would not call it art house. Not at all.
1: Well, I would call Caged Virgins art house. Sure, uh, but that's not a Hammer film. I know, I know. But, like, just being on the outskirts, right? Okay. So I thought that Ramseys were going to be like that. I thought they were maybe going to have things in common with people like George A. Romero, Toby Mm. Hooper.
0: So American Grindhouse.
1: American Grindhouse. And also things that played to people in the sticks. Things that played in drive-ins and kind of were not marketed towards the Effete Urbanites, mm-hmm. or things that played on 42nd Street for ghouls, basically. Yeah. But what I think we get in the Ramsey Brothers is actually closer to Universal Studios and, and Hammer Horror, yeah. which is always in conversation with them, because they basically set the mold for Hindi horror. Mm-hmm. Um, everything after that has kind of been in conversation with it to a certain point.
0: Also, I think... Narratively and thematically, they're more in line with kind of the universal stuff and the hammer stuff because a lot of their films are about the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Whereas American Grindhouse, there are some supernatural films, but it's a lot more of that kind of um, developing slasher mm-hmm. film. Um, so, yeah, that's where you see Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's where you see. Uh, Last House on the Left. Mm -hmm. Um, You also get zombies, which I guess you can say are supernatural. But I think, again, like zombies are so different from the rest of your kind of classic um, stable of movie monsters.
1: Yeah, and the zombies that show up in Hotel definitely have a um, religious-slash-mythological bent to them. Because Mm -hmm. they're specifically showing up because someone built on a graveyard. Yeah. Uh, something that is explicit... They remind
0: me more of the zombies from I Walked with a Zombie or White Zombie, yeah. um, which are precursors to the Romero films than anything you see in Romero.
1: Yeah, it's a little Val Luton in there, too. Yeah. Um, something that is explicitly really ripped off in uh, Virana <laughs> because that seems to be part of the Ramsey package, is that if you see something you like, you just adapt it. <laughs> Um, is Poltergeist, yeah. which is also about building on top of a graveyard. Yeah. Uh, and not even ripped off, but deliberately <laughs> stolen. Uh, there's probably the scariest scene in the whole movie of Verana is uh, a dog with a human face, which is from Invasion of the Body Snatchers, yeah. 1970 version. <laughs> yeah. So the Ramsey brothers were, in addition to being inspired by other filmmakers, often just kind of went for it. Mm-hmm.
0: But I think, you know, this... This is our attempt at kind of situating them in a global kind of horror movement. Um, like a lot of the studios and directors that we're discussing, they established a host style. They mm-hmm. established a brand. Um, and that's, I think, part of why they were so successful.
1: It was also in a very family-oriented operation. Mm-hmm. Um, there were seven brothers. Kumar did screenplays. Gangu did cinematography. Tulsi was half of the directorial team, and he was the business planner. Mm. Arjun was the editor and producer. Keshi was assistant director. Shyam was ha- the other half of the directorial team and overall creative boss. And Kiran was the sound designer music. But their patriarch, F.U. Ramsey, is always shown. <laughs> Um, you love that name. Yes, I'm seven years old. I love the idea <laughs> of F.U. Ramsey being in charge of a movie. But it seems like their mother worked on the films, mm-hmm. their wives worked on their films, there was a couple of Ramsey's sisters. Everyone kind of chipped in and worked together on these yeah. movies, which were completed quickly and cheaply.
0: It's a family business.
1: Yeah. So the family started off owning an electronic shop in what was to become Pakistan. And they moved to Mumbai after partition and worked out of uh, Lamington Road. So they kept in the electronics business. Uh Effie Ramsey was a Sindhi uh businessman and his last name was originally Ramsingani. Uh, he changed it to Ramsey because a lot of the British people who frequented his store hmm. couldn't say Ramsingani.
0: I think Ramsey also has like a really like it's got a really good ring to it. Uh in like kind of that whole, like it just kind of says to you but I think Ramsey also has like good branding. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because uh, we're Western and it's easier for us to say. If but you look it up, it's you, a good signature.
1: you'll find Ramsey Bolton from uh, right. Game of Thrones. Probably one of the most horrifying TV characters <laughs> yeah. in a long time. Right, And it also sounds like someone who'd be hanging out with Jonathan Harker, Count Dracula. Yeah. It does have a sort of 19th century allure to it.
0: It does. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: so the Lamington Road complex that they moved into is kind of a big rambling house. Uh, they a lot of the family lived there altogether, and they used it to store props and stuff. Kind of a wreck these days, apparently. Uh, Gupta goes there in his mm. book to talk to them. Um, so uh, Fu e. Ramsey wanted to get into the film game himself after moving to Mumbai, and he made a few movies which mostly flopped. Mm. He did make the first movie on Bagat Singh in 1954, who would later be portrayed by Abjay Devgan in the 90s or early 2000s, whenever that movie came out. <laughs> Uh, but it was a scene in a film called Ek Nani Muni Lakiti, 1970, where the Ramseys noticed something about the audience watching the film. Oh. There's a heist scene where the main actor is wearing a scary demon mask. And it seemed like the people in the theater were much more invested in the film when something scary was happening. Hmm. So they thought, let's go with that.
0: <laughs> I love how they developed their entire kind of brand Based on an accident, or not an accident, but based on kind of this this one scene that happened to work in one of their movies.
1: It's a commercial enterprise. Happenstance. They
0: came. Ac- they yeah. came across it. You it know? It's
1: it's something they saw was working, and also something that was underserved. Yeah. So they found a niche and they went for it. Um. So the first Ramsey horror film was Dogaz Zamin Kiniche in 1971. Um, they ran into some problems with the sensor board after a while. Mm. It, what, Piranha Mandir kind of made it through okay, so that's 84. Mm-hmm. But a lot of their other ones were held up in um, editing. Mm. So, Virana, for instance, had quite a few scenes trimmed from it. Sexy scenes. Oh. Yeah. I thought it was pretty sexy, though. So 84. I
0: mean, of these three films, Virana is clearly the sexiest.
1: <laughs> yeah. So like I said before, it was, a, it was a family atmosphere. Sisters, wives, mothers made food and chai. They handled wardrobe, makeup. Everyone used just their own clothes. Mm.
0: Uh, they all like, went to the sets on buses, right? Yeah,
1: it was no stars, no cars. Yeah. Films were shot in around 40 days, and the budgets were around 3.5 lakh. Um, the average in Bollywood at the time was to spend a year making a movie and spend 50 lakh on it. So they're nimble yeah, and cost-effective. Uh, they, a lot of, they use a lot of the same locations over and over again. Uh, these big temples, a mansion, graveyards, you know, mm-hmm. broken ruins, that kind of thing. These were in uh Once the movies started declining in popularity and also after numerous imitators started showing up and ruining it for mm. everybody else, the brothers moved on to TV and they made a show called The Z Horror Show for ZTV, which ran... Um, I'm not entirely clear on this because I keep seeing different numbers all over the place, but it ran for about seven or eight years okay. in the mid-90s, and it was like 300 episodes. And it was a serial show where you would watch one narrative over a couple episodes.
0: Oh, okay. So was it like, like, was the whole thing one narrative, or was it kind of like those anthology series you see now where were like, there was one serial and then there was another one? Yeah, I think it was
1: more like that. I think it was oh, more like okay. your American Horror Story, mm. that kind of thing, but made for TV. Um, as opposed to American Horror Story, which is kind of like a cable thing, right? Yeah. So this is just on regular TV, and this is where a lot of fans in the '90s who may not have been able to go to those slightly sketchier theaters or mm-hmm. live out in the boonies or buy those, uh, you know, tapes, they kind of get get catch on there. I think and then, they were
0: even released on tapes.
1: I think uh, some of them were. Oh. Okay. They weren't quite the video-nasty types like you got in uh, UK and US at the time. But I think they got a lot of that. Mm. Um,
0: Plus, piracy will always find a way.
1: Yeah. Now there's a new generation of Ramses Mm -hmm. uh, who want to get back into the filmmaking game with Shyam's daughter, Shashi, bringing him back out of retirement to make Neighbors. They are vampires. We have uh, seen
0: the trailer for this. And it looks rough.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, something that I really appreciate about the Ramsey Brothers films, in addition to the music, which I think is great, and something I'll get into later, I think there's a bit of a nightmare story structure mm-hmm. that works really well, but they have excellent practical effects. Yeah. And uh, they they had a British um, effects artist make all the masks for them, and some of them look amazing, like the weird stonehead guys in Vierana. Very yes. cool. Yes. Um, but when you come to the modern day and start using CGI, something we also noticed in Creature 3D, by the way, cheap hey, CGI I looks... I like
0: Creature 3D.
1: Cheap CGI, though, looks so much worse than a guy in a mask. Because a guy in a yeah, mask, you could just change the lighting, change put get a smoke machine going. There's definitely a lot of smoke machines in these movies, and it looks a little bit interesting.
0: Yeah, and that's a cross film. Like, cheap CGI, um, it... Signals a film is low budget, so much easier than practical effects. And it also dates films a mm-hmm. lot easier. When you look at the the effects in the cinematography and the, the makeup and et cetera, in Nosferatu, Todd Browning's Dracula, mm-hmm. uh, Frankenstein with Boris Karloff, like, yeah, you're aware that those movies are older because they're in black and white and they have the aesthetics of the time. But those effects hold up. That makeup... Karloff's makeup totally holds up. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's... But CGI, again, because we're so aware of, like, what good CGI looks like versus what cheap CGI looks like and just kind of the advancements. I think of also in John Carpenter's... um, Is it Escape from L.A. where he starts to add more CGI to it? And it just, Escape from
1: L.A. versus Escape from New York. It's, like, miles of difference. And Escape from New York still looks better.
0: Yeah. And so... You know, I don't necessarily know how cheap these films looked at the time in the 80s, and they certainly still look cheap to us now, but...
1: It's kind the, of charming. It's it like, is like It charming. has a handmade aesthetic to it that I yeah. really liked.
0: and the practical effects aren't um, kind of glaring and in your face as, you know, they, you just, you kind of go with it. I think I'm willing personally to suspend my disbelief for practical effects a lot more than I am for CGI,
1: Mm -hmm. personally. The Ramseys also had a secret weapon in Ajay Agarwal, who plays Samri Mm. in Piranha Mandir. And he was so popular that they made a movie called Samri 3D, Ah. which was one of the first Hindi 3D films.
0: So is he a bit like your Hindi Lon Chaney?
1: Um, I don't know about that. I don't think he made as many movies. He's more of like a... Oh, what's that guy from Plan 9? (laughs) Tor... Tor Johnson, I think his name was? Yeah, I think, yes. A guy yeah. with a extremely memorable look who mm-hmm. can roar and, like, be menacing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think that's what they got. Because in the book, you find out that he was, like, an engineer or something. He wasn't really even a professional actor. He was just a guy that the makeup looked really good on.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, but that's Lon Chaney. Lon Chaney was all about the makeup.
1: Lon Chaney was about the makeup, but he was also an actor.
0: Right. Whereas fair.
1: this guy was, yeah, he acted a little on the side, made some cash, but he was, like, a... Railroad engineer or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, he had another job. <laughs> but, yeah, the the new Ramsey um, grand grandsons, that's grandsons, granddaughters. They're trying to get back in the game, bring Ramsey as a brand. Mm. And I'm very curious to see how that turns out. Because, yeah. again, I think horror works really well as a studio branded thing.
0: Yeah, oh, for sure. It
1: Horror works well in almost every configuration. You could have a big studio churning out movies in the same genre, or you could have some weirdo out in the woods who mm-hmm. makes a Blair Witch project or something. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the most malleable film genre.
0: It is, and I think it's often uh, one that a lot of uh, up-and-coming filmmakers start out in mm-hmm. um, because there's a built-in audience. You know, either that or porno. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wes
1: Craven bridging the gap between those two.
0: Yeah. But there's a built in audience for horror. Um, it has quite a following and also movies can be made cheaply. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more cheaper than most other genres.
1: Yeah. Um, especially if you're you're just kind of controlling lighting, you can use Yeah, you, know, you don't need to build a set all the time, mm-hmm. which the Ramseys certainly did not. And <laughs> yeah, you could just you find a spooky house and have some stuff happen in it see paranormal activity, which doesn't even have a spooky house. It's just things happening in a, in a digital camera. Mm -hmm. So we should probably start talking about the films we watched though. Mm -hmm. So, uh, first up is hotel, which pretty rough. (laughs) Um, I gotta say, I, I gave this movie a lot of rope, but it's a tough watch.
0: I, I wasn't sure where, like how this episode was going to pan out halfway through hotel. I thought Matt. What have you gotten me into? And this is after
1: my debacle with Fatour, so I was walking on thin ice for a while there.
0: <laughs> you were, um, but you know, I, uh, I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, you know, I can, I'm willing to to give everything uh, its due and give everything a chance. And so I will say that kind of, you know, by the end of Hotel, I was satisfied. Uh, but boy, is this a real slog.
1: Yeah, so Hotel, as I mentioned earlier, features Siraj, a leading industrialist, who wants to build a hotel around the around the region where he mm. met the love of his life, Sushma, who is married to another guy. Um, But he's not really the main character. <laughs> no. And this was much to my chagrin as I was watching it, because I thought, well, I should just start calling that guy Hotel, like in Die Hard or Baywatch.
0: Yeah, you and- immediately assigned him the nickname Hotel. You were like already figuring out like your fun jokes for this podcast and then Then the hotel screws
1: up for like half the movie yeah he's
0: like maybe 20 15 of the film
1: yeah well what we're mostly dealing with is chigan patel who is a hotel's agent Mm -hmm. who who is tasked with actually finding where to put the place and they're finding that land in this area is pretty expensive but wouldn't you know it there was a um, local christian priest who was easily bilked out of his <laughs> land because they said they were going to build an orphanage, yeah, and then kind of break his glasses so you can't really read what he's uh, signing.
0: Uh, it's but, the oldest but, trick in the book.
1: Yeah, and then they build a hotel on top of this graveyard. But like the problem is that this movie really goes to great lengths to show you the um, like the, <laughs> the levels of bureaucracy that they need to work through. Yeah. And then all these guys stay around.
0: And then magically the hotel is built.
1: Yeah, you don't even. In this movie about a haunted hotel, building of the hotel is actually extremely easy. Apart from the priest dying when he finds out that it's not an orphanarium, yeah. it's actually a. Uh, hotel. Orphanarium?
0: Yeah. <laughs> an orphanage.
1: No, an orphanarium, like on Futurama. That's where Leela grew okay. up. An orphanarium. Okay. Um, but, like, that's the only hitch on the uh, road to hotel success. It's and it takes, afterwards once the guests start coming in.
0: It takes forever for the, like, the hauntedness to, to start picking up.
1: Yeah, it's about an hour or 15 in before we see hide or hair of a ghost like, or a zombie. But what we do see, and what I thought... What's going to turn this movie around for me is a disco scene where everyone in the disco has nunchucks. Yeah. We're going to put a link to this in the show notes because...
0: We always put a link to the songs in the show notes.
1: But this one definitely needs to be seen. Yeah. Because it's (laughs) fucking amazing. And I thought... You were so happy. Is this movie my new best friend? (laughs) And it turned out it wasn't. But I was extremely excited by this scene.
0: Yeah. I will say it's not my favorite uh, disco...
1: Disco nunchuck scene?
0: (laughs) Well, okay. You've
1: seen more than one? It's my favorite Why are you holding out on, on me?
0: It's my favorite disco nunchuck scene. Okay, good. Uh, but it wasn't my favorite disco number in the film. Hmm. Uh later on there's a there's a great number. Uh and oh man, it's like this, um our our lead singer and dancer is wearing like This is
1: Chigan Patel's sexy secretary who he keeps getting to seduce people to help build the hotel. Yeah.
0: She's wearing like gold lame shorts and high boots and
1: a real seventies hat.
0: Giving it her all. It is fun.
1: Yeah, she looks like some she looks like Kind of like a Hindi equivalent to Dazzler from the Marvel yeah, comics. Yeah,
0: kind of. Yeah.
1: I would love it if the movie was about her, and also wasn't like <laughs> an hour too long.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's a lot of fun. So, I mean, it has two great disco numbers, which yeah, uh, you know, can carry my attention for a few minutes.
1: But my main problem with each of these Ramsey pictures, mm-hmm. less so Virana is the absolutely asinine uh, comedy subplots. Oh, yeah. If these yeah. were not in the movie, Hotel would easily be like a three-star movie. Three out of mm-hmm. five. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if a lot of the dicking around with uh, stupid comedians was not in the film, if Verana Mandir didn't have the Shole subplot, which we'll get into, yeah, like, it would have been awesome. And Verana... Verona's basically fine. Yeah,
0: Verona's I, I, great.
1: I think they learned their lesson 18 years in that having these idiot comedians running around. But um, in Hotel, you get a someone who says he's a film director who's creeping on another guy's wife. Mm-hmm. And he convinces one of the hotel orderlies to get him some herbs that are kind of like a love potion. Mm-hmm. And he puts this in a drink that he wants the woman to drink. But actually, her husband drinks it. And it kind of turns him into a lisping, 80s stereotype gay guy who just wants to jump the film director's bones. And we get a lot of this. There's this probably yeah. about 20 minutes of this uh, relationship between these two guys. It
0: really derails the film. And at this point in the film, there's like, there's no direction. At this
1: point in the film, the phone has been cut off. Yeah. The road has been barricaded with rocks by the zombies. And at night like th- spooky things are happening a-, a chandelier falls on a guy during one of the songs we like you know that yeah that's great that's interesting that's
0: at the end of the of the central disco song
1: but there's no better way to kick the momentum of your story right in the dick than having a stupid comedic scene just ruin it. It's almost as if it was specifically designed to make the movie not be scary.
0: Well, and there's all this stuff too with Rajesh Roshan and this um
1: sort of hippy dippy village girl.
0: Yeah, this this rural girl um who he kind of brings in to be like the cook, I like think. Like the
1: head chef, yeah.
0: Yeah, um and then he kind Haven't of, really
1: seen any cooking mojo from no. her at all, but whatever.
0: And then he kind of strings her along and they get a couple love songs in You know, I think just for the sake of having some love songs in there. But again, we spend so much time with this subplot and it never really goes anywhere. And while she's. Like one
1: of them could have died and it would be sad. We'd be sad because they liked each other. But no, they both live.
0: She gets a bit of a makeover and shows up at the disco club, but then sees the secretary who's doing her performance kind of a. More of a
1: lap dance, really. (laughs)
0: Giving him a lap dance and that makes her jealous. But you're just. You're not invested in any of this. Like. We are here for cheap
1: thrills. She should have been, like, wised up to the zombies earlier on. Like, if yeah. she like she lives in the area, if she'd known that, oh yeah, that the graveyard I walk by all the time, there's a hotel on top of it. Well, this might not go well. Yeah. Then there would be a reason for her to be in the movie. Yeah, but... I know we generally don't rewrite the scripts of films <laughs> on our show, but this time I would make an exception. For this and Piranha Mandir, I think we could make the movie much better with a very hard hitting edit.
0: Well I will say if I were to edit Hotel, I'd probably take it down to 60 minutes. Like I'd cut out half the movie.
1: Well, the movie's about two hours ten. Yeah. Like you could get a you could get a lean, mean, seventy five minute movie, which would have been pretty solid.
0: Because I mean it's real slow for parts of it.
1: You don't need to know the various lawyers, the various government <laughs> attendants. I mean you do need to have assholes who get killed by the ghosts and the zombies. Yeah. That's sure. But you don't need, like, a 10-minute scene introducing each of them. Mm -hmm. You could have a title card saying, this guy's a lawyer. This guy's a corrupt bureaucrat. (laughs) This guy, they tried to bribe, but actually wouldn't take the bribe, so he's not in the movie.
0: Well, and and none of this stuff really pans out in the end. Like, it is somewhat important because they do kind of uh, kill a guy to silence him, and that kind of comes back. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, it really doesn't matter that much.
1: We want to get to the zombies?
0: Exactly. Well, into the spooky stuff, into the haunting and the, yeah. you know, the supernatural. This film also didn't really have a lot of kind of style in yeah. its direction. It's pretty, it's pretty rough. There are you entire. Just the, you just
1: set the camera down. Yeah, they just set happen. the
0: camera down. There are entire shots that I think are out of focus. Um But I mean, did yeah. they usually only take one shot?
1: They were they were one takers. One take, and, and I feel like. What we noticed with close shots being a little bit out of focus, maybe they only had the one lens. Maybe it only worked for medium shots. But other times it is in focus and maybe they just forgot.
0: Yeah, so I don't like I don't even think it's really fun to watch from a From an aesthetic standpoint. Yeah. Either. Unlike the two films that we're going to discuss after the break.
1: Yeah. Piranha Mandir and Virana, the style quotient amps up significantly.
0: Significantly. But
1: Hotel, I think, is a pass. Watch a couple songs, but that's it.
0: Yeah, watch the songs we link in the show notes. I will say, though, Matt, we watched all three of these films on Eros now. They subtitled all of the songs.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, One point, Ramsey Brothers. Zero points, Karen Johar. I
0: mean, come on, Karen Johar. If the Ramsey Brothers can subtitle their songs, can't you?
1: Yeah. Pull your head out of your ass, Johar.
0: All right, Matt. That brings us to Interval. What are we listening to?
1: So, as I mentioned earlier, Usha Khanna, first female music director in the Bollywood industry. And uh, this is Tara Jaisa Koi Nahin, the sexy secretary number.
0: Yeah. Put on your, uh, your gold lame sequined shorts.
1: Yeah. And disco it up. No non-checks though. Yeah. Hey guys, Matt Bowes here from Bollywood is for Lovers, which is part of the Alberta Podcast Network sponsored by ATB. If like the Ramsey brothers, you have an eye towards the bottom line, you really need to check out ATB's Entrepreneur Center. If you're starting or building a business, not only can they help you out in the banking department, they also offer workshops and networking opportunities, as well as mentorship programs. For more information on ATB, check out atb.com slash listen.
0: The Alberta Podcast Network is an initiative to bring together podcasts from our home province of Alberta. Currently, there are 15 podcasts on the network covering a variety of topics and issues. As Matt mentions this episode, we don't rewrite the scripts of the films on our show, but one of our fellow network podcasts does just that. In I Have Some Notes, hosts Colin McIntyre and Greg Beaver take a movie that sucked but had potential and put it through a vigorous podcast notes process to try and make it a blockbuster. You can find I Have Some Notes at IHaveSomeNotes.com To find out more about the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB and the member podcasts, go to AlbertaPodcastNetwork.com
1: So that was Tara jaisa koy Nahin by uh, Ushakana from Hotel.
0: So our next film is Piranha Mandir from 1984. So this is a good three years after Hotel. And boy Matt do we see a jump in quality and aesthetics and storytelling I after watching Hotel I was kind of preparing for this episode to be a huge slog and I was pleasantly surprised when we started up Piranha Mandir and it was off the bat so much more fun and engaging than Hotel ever is except for maybe during the nunchucks
1: yeah and this one you could tell why it was their highest grocer of all time mm-hmm. um, it is a crowd pleaser And apart from the sholet scenes, which I expect work a lot better for Hindi audiences in 84 than they do now. Well,
0: yes, because in 1984... Uh, you don't know when the next time you're going to see Cholet is. Unless there's
1: a rep theater putting it on or something. But, you know, that's... Exactly. That's too and far between. If you live out in the country...
0: And, I mean, it was a huge event when they eventually put Cholet on TV. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this this movie that is so important to so many people and is such an important part of the zeitgeist, by kind of referencing it um, and bringing... You know, to life again—it's its villain and some of its scenes and some of its characters. You're kind of bringing people back that experience.
1: It's like doing a bullet time scene right after The Matrix.
0: Yeah, but in for us, you know, who can? Well, I mean, Jolais is actually still hard to watch.
1: Yeah, Shirley is <laughs> is surprisingly difficult for a masterpiece of world cinema.
0: Yeah, to find for us. Oh, you know, like, we don't want to spend time with this, like, weird lay pastiche. We're much more interested in the central uh, horror story at play.
1: Yeah, so uh, Suman is a young woman who comes from a line of royalty who were cursed by Samri, mm-hmm. who's kind of a hairy demon man. Yeah.
0: And that is Argawal, Ajay Argawal.
1: Yeah, he plays Samri. So, like, he appears to have sort of eyeball powers. Like, he could (laughs) kind of suck the life out of you through your eyeballs.
0: Yeah, he's kind of a bit like Bela Lugosi
1: like that. A little bit of a vampire, a little bit of a werewolf, demon. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, He's Samri. Yeah, he's Samri, you know. And he became kind of a household name after this movie. So much so that they went on to make Samri 3D. But uh, her, Suman's ancestor, a uh, Thakur at the time, um, cut Samri's head off after he raped and pillaged his way across the countryside, cut his head off and put it in a box, which was guarded by a trident of Shiva.
0: <laughs> a and trident they, made out of cardboard.
1: Yeah, it was, you could tell that they're trying to not poke people with the trident.
0: For all the praise that we heap on practical effects, this is the one effect across all of these films that is just. It's so glaringly obvious that this trident is as cheap as it is.
1: Yeah. Um, So about, this is 200 years earlier, and his body was buried at the Old Temple.
0: Yeah, the title means Old Temple.
1: Yeah, they're keeping the head behind a wall at the kind of an ancestral mansion of this Mm -hmm. uh, family. So her father, uh, Thakur Ranveer Singh, um, forbids her from marrying. She wants to get married to a guy who creepily watches her get out of a... No, she doesn't want to marry that guy she wants to marry his buddy yeah but um creepily watching her get out of a uh, a pool in one of the most blatant um boop watching uh scenes i've ever seen in a movie
0: yeah i will say especially for hotel and perenna mandir but less so virana there's really just something kind of gross and leering about the ramsey brothers camera it's like definitely just, a male gaze. It is a very much a male gaze. Like, just kind of the way that women are positioned in all of the shots.
1: In as much as you can um, imagine a boy. Oil oil oil.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's obvious.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is multiple zoom ins on boobies. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she wants to marry a guy. He says, No, you can't get married. You're, the women side of the family is cursed because of Samri. Presumably he had a mother, so I'm not entirely sure how it works. But yeah, uh, yeah. so her and her pals uh, jet off to the old uh, family state to try and figure out this whole Sam problem. Along the way, they get caught up with cults, villagers, all kinds of weird stuff happening.
0: This whole Sholei subplot. In the
1: the Sholei subplot where a uh, legendary outlaw... Returns to the village to sexually assault a seven-year-old woman every now and then. And then he jets off. And there's like a bounty on his head. So their buddy who knows Kung Fu and is mostly shirtless throughout <laughs> the movie, which is kind of funny. Shirtless or wearing a, a, a leather vest.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of leather vests. He's, uh, and a lot of strange hats for women.
1: Yeah. he's He, he figures he's going to bring this guy down while he's in the area. So that plot kind of peters out to nothing. But there's a thucker with uh, no arms, mm-hmm. very much like the guy in Sholay. But, but what did you think of the movie as a whole?
0: I I liked elements of it. I I thought that this film had a really strong design. I would say that when you're in all the stuff with Somri and all of the kind of the supernatural stuff, it's really strong and it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it gets bogged down. Kind of at the midway point with these subplots, but eventually in the end, they when they have to wrap everything up, it really kind of picks up again, and it's really it's really fun. It is fun, and it has a great disco number.
1: Great disco number. Actually, the music throughout was pretty good. I uh, appreciate something that maybe they used a little bit too much in this one, but comes back in Duran as well. Is shots to paintings. Right. Shots to photographs, shots to taxidermy animals.
0: I love though like they have this one painting um in the estate that's on the old temple, um, where Samory's head is hidden. Uh where the eyes keep changing.
1: And um, they're painted again. That's the fun thing. It's not yeah. like someone's behind there with moving their eyes. They just cut to another painting.
0: And that's a really fun, spooky detail. Yeah. I kind of like enchanted or like horror paintings mm-hmm. um i the opening scene of uh, nicholas rogues the witches about this little girl getting trapped in a painting when i was a child i thought it yeah, was it's the creepy. scariest thing ever and this, like i mean it's it's not an original concept like the painting that's eyes change and it's watching watching the execution is really and you can't quite yeah. figure out that it's haunted um you know but but the audience is like clearly being told i i I like that stuff. It's very the execution like, old school is fun. horror. Yeah, that's I'll, a lot of fun.
1: Sam Rees head also possesses a guy who kind of works at this estate. Yeah. And the way that they show this is he's got these kind of Google eyes on top of his own eyes. It's adorable. <laughs> it kind of looks like if someone goes in a uh, tanning booth and they mm-hmm. hold, put these things over their eyes <laughs> to keep them. But he's walking around and getting into like a horse chase. Yeah. It's, it's fun.
0: And the blood and the horror... And, like, all the supernatural elements, like, all of this is played up so much more in this film. And that's mm-hmm. satisfying and that's fun. And that's what I want from a cheesy, cheap horror movie.
1: You get Sam you know, 200 want, years I ago right the at the beginning. Yeah. You see his head get cut off. You see, you know, this this guy's bad news. Why? Well, he's raping and killing his way countryside, uh, across the countryside. Got to take care of him. Right at the beginning, you're like, oh, this is interesting, rather than Hotel, which is like... Oh, this guy wants to build a hotel for some reason. That's not menacing at all.
0: And the, the kind of romance subplot here works a lot better than it works in hotels. So there's this whole kind of love triangle between Suman and Sanjay and this uh, village girl, this jungle girl. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a great song kind of about the three of them where the jungle girl gets to wear like a leopard two-piece. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm really into that because I think I want every article of clothing in leopard print ever.
1: I also really <laughs> appreciate the... Uh song where Suman and Sanjay are tied up and someone from the village is singing and dancing about how she's going to kill them today and it's going <laughs> to end all of her problems that's it's got a kind of a fun beat to it I yeah. I ended up uh I didn't yeah I ended up purchasing that purchasing that one online mm-hmm.
0: and I think like just upping the production design goes a long way like there's there's fun stuff to look at in every corner and a lot of it is in focus yeah not all of it but a lot of it is in focus
1: always appreciate that also the kung fu dude yeah there's also
0: some action sequences
1: yeah hotel there's a fight right at the very end but the kung fu guy is getting in brawls uh -hmm. and his girlfriend is watching him while sitting in a bunch of hay and kind of just imagining him (laughs) that was fun um yeah uh I would cut out the Cholet plot entirely, but I can understand to audiences at the time who may not have access to Cholet, and it is a huge film, it would have been more of a topical reference, and like a fun one, as opposed to me like, oh, you're referencing the biggest movie of all time. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, I could just be watching that movie. Could we get back to this movie? Yeah. But I don't find it as frustrating of a departure to the main storyline as I did some of the stuff in Hotel. Because again, like nothing was happening in hotel and I was just losing patience.
1: It is not a complete derailment of the plot. There's Yeah. One of the main characters of the film is featured in that, whereas in hotel it's just these two asshole comedians <laughs> humping each other. Yeah. <laughs> or attempting to hump. Yeah.
0: It's I will say it was really inter this film was really interesting partly because um they can't show as much mm-hmm. as you can in an American or a British Film at the time. And so it's just notable that all the characters are always wearing like bathing suits where you would expect like your titty shots. Cause yeah. again, like cheap, sleazy filmmaking, you, you get a lot of boobs.
1: Well, we, um, um, there's a scene where Suman is in the uh, sh- shower and yes. starts shooting up blood. Cause <laughs> Sammy's kind of, his ghost is kind of screwing around with the yeah. house and spooking her out. And when I was watching that scene, I was thinking mostly of that movie Body Double which we watched the De Palma one a yeah. couple months ago which has a very extended scene of a main character being in a shower and it was like oh this is what it would have been like in the states at the time mm-hmm. In uh, in India it's a little bit more chaste but also kind of like nice
0: yeah it's a great scene because I mean like blood coming through a shower head like that's just a good yeah. horror trope it it's always it's a classic gig um, but it's always really strange to see people showering with their bathing suits on yeah um that being said, like, again, and I'm not advocating for more nudity. I am. But <laughs> uh, it's just interesting to see how, um, you know, like, you become very aware of the restrictions um, at the time. Society
1: changes. And Look at Judwa 2, which came out this year and also has people bathing in swimsuits.
0: Yeah. And, and I would say, like, that hasn't necessarily... Change it just becomes very obvious in a genre and a style, um, where you kind of expect to see certain things and then those things are denied from you.
1: This is transgressive for Bollywood film at the mm-hmm. time, though. It it's, is. it's transgressive yeah. in the same way that slasher movies were here, it's just that the culture as a whole was more willing to accept uh, nudity and violence. Well, mm-hmm. there's a lot of violence in this. there,
0: yeah. There's a lot of
1: violence. yeah. So, we on the whole, we basically like Perona Mandir. I'd watch it again, and I would just now that I know that the show lays that kind of amounts to nothing. I'll just get through it.
0: Yeah, well, just I mean, get to the horror You bits. know, do, did the book describe much what the audience was like watching these films?
1: It's mostly dudes. Okay. Yeah.
0: Because you know, I mean, we know- actually
1: it, it was, uh, um, I believe it was Shime Ramsey or possibly Tulsi who has a formula saying, okay, so your okay. your four your four uh, corner. Masala blockbuster is something for everybody. Yeah, the fact that you're making a horror movie kind of has that already because not everyone's interested in horror. And then the fact that you want to do kind of a violent one with uh, you know scantily clad women in it that narrows it down even further. So you're looking at mostly guys with some girls, mm-hmm. and you're appealing to that audience. And that's exactly what this movie does. It it is you can tell it's very specifically aimed at a specific audience. Mm-hmm.
0: I was just going to say that we know that Bollywood um, is a very participatory cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, people sing along with the films. They get up and dance. Um, it's very vibrant. Mm-hmm. And so I can imagine um, seeing a film like this in theaters with a big crowd during kind of some of the stuff that isn't really working. Uh, you know. You go you, get
1: popcorn. You exactly. hang out with your You go with get your popcorn,
0: yeah. You, you, yeah. you kind of. Um, it's a whole experience to go to these films, and you're not going to be as um, obsessed or gripped by every plot point. It's kinda, you're not like
1: us sitting here on our couch trying to <laughs> piece together why it's Exactly. That's what
0: I was going to say. Yeah. You know, like, putting this in the theatrical experience, I imagine some of that stuff played differently than us being like, oh, man, when are we going to get back to the actual movie? Those scenes give people a break, yeah, to, to go to the washroom, go get popcorn. hmm Yeah.
1: Maybe it's much funnier in Hindi. I don't know. As you all know, the comedic aspects of Hindi cinema are our Achilles heel. Yeah.
0: Well, that brings us to Virana. This movie
1: is a banger. Yeah. Is, I would easily watch this again right now.
0: Yeah, me too. I, I really love this movie. Came out in 1988, so four years after Piranha Mandir.
1: This one was held up at the censors for quite a while. Oh, This is the reason why well, it wasn't coming out yearly.
0: I will say, while there's no nudity in this film, there is the suggestion that people might actually not be wearing clothes.
1: Yeah, a <laughs> lot of the time, actually.
0: Uh, and I think, again, you see a huge leap aesthetically narratively um and quality.
1: This is a black widow murder type situation. So this movie is so know, much fun. Having sex and getting killed for it, which is a classic trope in American cinema, especially slash movies, that kind of thing. That's the main focus of this one, whereas Hotel and Pranamandir, not that sort of story.
0: And I think this film, while it lacks a really good disco number, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, is the most friendly for women. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like Jasmine. You've got someone
1: to root for, in yeah.
0: Like Jasmine, she's both a villain, but also kind of your you know, your main character. She's a tragic figure. Um and like she gets a lot to do. Mm-hmm. Like she's and while you know, I still think the camera is somewhat Leery, and you know, is it when still... she's writhing around
1: on a beach, uh, all wet? Because a little bit, yeah, yeah, that was great. And the
0: film is still somewhat objectifying. I think it also, again, just has more of kind of, um, it's more interested in the woman's story here than I think any of these other films are.
1: And when you're a sex witch, it's kind of <laughs> you know, um, diegetic to the story. <laughs>
0: uh, it's like the
1: love witch almost. Sex
0: witch. Um, the title means deserted
1: place. Hmm. Yeah, it's like a it's an old shack like kind of in the woods where dark magic yeah. happens.
0: So the narrative follows Jasmine who uh I was searching online, no one Yeah, know, she kind of disappeared. Where she is or yep. what she's up to, there's a that lot That comes of up rumors. in the book
1: too. It it seems like a lot of the leading ladies yeah. didn't really amount to much unfortunately, whereas some of the men went on to Slightly successful careers. A lot Bridget of just
0: Roshan. Yeah.
1: So some of the women kind of faded away. Yeah.
0: But man, she she has a look. She has
1: a screen presence. All of
0: the women in all these movies, she she's she's the one that I thought um, was an actual actress and was a star, mm-hmm. an actual actress. Mm-hmm. Not to say that the other women aren't actresses. It's just like she seems like she's she could have gone to bigger things. Yeah. So Jasmine stars as the character Jasmine, uh, which is like that's like a great kind of grindhouse thing that I expect from um, Mm drive-ins where they just, like, use the actor's (laughs) name. Well, it's easy to remember. And you get those trailers uh, introducing or starring and then they list a bunch of people who are not actually famous.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, So she's cursed as a 10-year-old to be the vessel for this witch, Nakita. Nakita um, is part of this cult. She is worshipped. And she's murdering people, so they murder her. And as revenge, the cult then puts her spirit into Jasmine,
1: into the niece of the man who murdered her.
0: Yes, yeah. yes, her uncle Samir. Um, Nakita's lover slash slave is Baba. Uh, he's a priest in this cult, and he is also kind of in the family's house. He um, kind of as finds
1: Jasmine on the woods after the transference is taking place. Is like. I found your kid uh do you need a holy man around? Mhm. So he he's t- kind of taken on a board as like a servant.
0: Yeah. Um the film film eventually flashes forward to when Jasmine uh is an adult. She's of marriageable age. Late
1: teens at least.
0: Um and she is seducing men and bringing them to their death. And that's when her uncle decides, "You know what? Maybe we should do something about this. And so, Baba, what do you think? <laughs> so uh, the film is about kind of Jasmine as this uh, evil supernatural seductress, and then also kind of um, Samir and the family wanting to excise uh, Nakita from Jasmine and then eventually you know excise Nakita.
1: One of my favorite lines uh, comes early on when Samir is about to kill original Nakita. And he gets into her hot tub, or... <laughs> there's a hot tub around, and Again,
0: it's suggested she's nude.
1: It is suggested she's nude. You do see a little hint of a bra strap. Yeah. But he says, I'm a killer, you're a killer, you know, let's just get together on this, all right? And it's a permissive attitude that you don't get in a lot of Bollywood films, but I think if... Anna Biller saw this movie, she would have a a lot of enjoyment out of it.
0: I would love to know what Anna Biller thinks of this movie. Anna Biller is a director known for two films that we really, really love, The Love Witch and Viva. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I think I would love to know what she thinks about this film.
1: (laughs) She would be extremely interested in the aesthetics, which Mm -hmm. kind of match her imagined 60s, 70s aesthetic, but are also in 1988. And then a sex witch is also um, somewhat up her alley.
0: You know I love a movie about a sex witch. You really picked this uh, based on my love of
1: mm-hmm. if it, certain, certain tropes. Either a sex witch or a lesbian vampire. And I know that Aaron's on board.
0: Yeah, this movie is a lot of fun. This is definitely the best of the bunch. I... I really loved almost everything about this movie.
1: Like, I challenge I any really movie different. to have a more exciting first five minutes mm-hmm. than this movie because you find...
0: Oh, man. This cult is so... Like, it's just... It's so interesting. Like, all that stuff I was talking about at Piranha-Mandir, uh, just kind of the set design and this, the way that the supernatural is visualized, here it's even better. Like, again, it has these... You mentioned earlier... And these like these cultists with guys, these rock yeah. heads and there's like this big statue of, of a demon. And there's fire and it's just oh like you really feel like, oh, what 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 is this cult up to? And Nakita has this this Not,
1: Nakita's kinda of thick originally. Yeah, she's yeah. kinda of thick. Yeah. And she's
0: got this um I mean, she she looks like a beautiful woman, but then when you see her actual face, she's got, like, these white eyes. Reptilian face. Yeah, this reptilian kind of skin Mm -hmm. and these, like, big, chunky, gross fingers. I mean, it looks cheap, Mm -hmm. but it works.
1: Their lair is kind of like a bargain basement temple of doom. Yeah. But it's actually kind of awesome because you have these guys who have... They're wearing rock masks or they're rock head guys who are sitting around a mm-hmm. zodiac table while Baba, who is her lover and her slave and a, uh, a servant of Mahakal. Like, the opening of this movie is astounding. And it has... And popular disco, like, cult, 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 boom, Disco.
0: Well, there's no good, like, straight-up disco song, but the songs are disco-inspired and are very good.
1: And unfortunately, you can only find two of them on mm-hmm. iTunes, and they're not really the sort of bit disco backing track. So yeah. uh, I would love to get this on vinyl. Yeah. If, if there's an original of it somewhere, that would be amazing.
0: Um, and there's an actual kind of, like, defined three-act structure. So you mm-hmm. kind of have the opening um, with...
1: Young Jasmine.
0: With young Jasmine and Samir accidentally killing Nakita and Baba, uh, both kind of cursing Jasmine and the family and then infiltrating them. And then you have kind of the, the middle act with adult Jasmine or, you know, kind of teen Jasmine seducing men and kind of not being able to control this urge that she has and not Mm -hmm. really understanding why she's doing this. And, man, like, there's so many shots of her eyes.
1: Yeah, you'll notice we're going to use that as our episode. She's
0: got such a great face. Um, And then kind of this third act where, you know, they get Nakita out of Jasmine and they have to take down the cult. It's very clearly defined. Um, And so I don't think anything ever derails the plot.
1: Well, there is a uh, chubby comedian character in this one as well named Hitchcock. Right. But he's used a lot more effectively in that, A, he is an aspiring horror film director Mm -hmm. who goes so far as to walk around with a book that says horror on it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's on board with the proceedings. He's not just some asshole staying at a hotel. Mm-hmm. And B, like, his subplot is that he's interested in what's happening in the story. <laughs> so he goes and has adventures with everyone else, which, hey, that's weird. Having a character be engaged with the narrative of the story, it works.
0: Yeah, and he doesn't like. Sure, he's got a couple comedic scenes, but he doesn't have an entire subplot where mm-hmm. you're like, "Why are we watching this?"
1: He, by the way, he's like, he's where this, the the steal comes from, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, because he's kind of sitting there yeah. like, and then a dog face, you no, know, a, a human faced dog shows up, and you get that clip, and he's just he's writing a movie.
0: He more like provides breaks in the tension,
1: <laughs> the way that comedic comic relief is supposed to do, as yeah. opposed to whole other movie
0: exactly which allows the story to kind of move on
1: maybe they're getting a lot of more influence from hollywood films there's a scene almost directly stolen from poltergeist in this one (laughs) where uh jasmine is sitting in her room with a creepy flickering tv in the background and smoke coming out and then turning around creepily saying not exactly saying they're here but some sort of hindi equivalent Mm -hmm. and the ramses would go on to remake uh on nightmare on elm street
0: Yes, which I know is available uh
1: tony Ross now Ross yeah. now
0: um and I hear his, our, our friend, our good friend Alan Mott hmm. uh has seen it in a he, he he said it was an experience
1: yeah i'm interested to see it like. Um, that and mm-hmm. Bandarwaza, which is their kind of Dracula takeoff. Mm. I, I'm interested to see prime um, mid to late 80s Ramsey Brothers. Because mm-hmm. that seems like they were firing in all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And getting good collaborators like Bapu Lahiri.
0: I still think that... I mean, I, I don't know for sure. But I have a feeling that just based on my taste and kind of the preoccupations that I have in horror cinema. That this is my favorite. Cuz mm-hmm. again, I think Jasmine is such a she's such a well-developed character. Um I'll
1: say for
0: for a film of this ilk. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of having been cursed as a child and then It's
1: reminiscent of Jennifer's body or Carrie or yeah. all sorts of movies about a young woman unable to control her body, which is a, you know, universal theme.
0: Exactly. And so there's very much kind of this um allegory that you can put on the film about fear of women's sexuality. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, you know, in these narrative, female sexuality always has to be in female desire, always has to be curbed and squashed. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is unfortunate. Um, But it works. It, it, It really works. I think partly because Jasmine, unlike any of the other women in any of these films, not only does she have the most developed character, but she also has the strongest screen presence and so i really do think that there's like she's there for more than just the fact that she's drop dead gorgeous even though she is yeah she has more than titillation exactly and she's so expressive in her face Mm -hmm. and i think you really do you're you're drawn to her you're scared of her and you feel sorry for her Mm -hmm. um and that's...
1: That's how you do that's a movie. A more, that's, a, that's a movie monster.
0: Yeah, that's a movie monster. And that's a lot more depth than I was expecting mm-hmm. from, from a Ramsey Brothers film,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, based on everything I knew going in, and based on kind of the two previous films. So this film really, really surprised me. I really liked
1: it. Yeah. I think it's... It Phobia, I would recommend to people...
0: And Creature 3D.
1: No, no. I, I don't think I... Creature 3D, if you're getting drunk with your friends on Halloween and you just want something that you can kind of make fun of, if you want, like, a decent horror movie, this yeah. and Phobia would give you a pretty good, interesting look at the he- the female psyche, for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah it would be quite a long, a long evening.
1: <laughs> it would be about five hours long, but, uh, you know, you get some good spooks in there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think this one uh, feels less dated than the others as well. Like, again, some of the effects... Don't hold up, but if you're like us and you're kind of willing to give um, some rope there, mm-hmm. you know you're willing to to forgive forgive that because smoke machine you always have looks it
1: smoke machine it yeah. it always kind of looks good.
0: But I think kind of the the narrative and the themes here feel more timeless than any of the other films.
1: There's a nightmare logic that I alluded to earlier, right? Find in Purana Mandir and Virana, where I think because. You know, they built these sets. They got all these props. They want to use them. So they're always returning back to the, you know, the place where the cult lives or where Samry's buried. And you get kind of the music repeating again and people making the same sorts of decisions again, Mm -hmm. reusing old shots. Um, Something we didn't mention is that they always use the same lightning (laughs) strike shot. Yeah. Which is, after three movies, very charming. I, I love that. But, like, you get this sort of repetition. It's like a
0: real home screen.
1: Yeah. You get this repetition of people generation after generation making the same mistakes over and over again mm-hmm. until this one time where they fix it. That is like a nightmare where you yeah. find yourself doing the same thing again. You know it's not going to work for you, but you do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I really like that.
0: There's also some fun... Hypnotic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which I think also, yeah, like you were talking about the soundtrack that very much kind of brings you to that place. Um it's kind of argento mm-hmm. Um and they're also doing fun stuff with colored lenses in this film. Like there's a very kind of strong visual aesthetic and the lighting is a lot more kind of um con- like there's a lot more contrast to the lighting here. Mm-hmm. So it really feels like
1: they got good at this. Yeah,
0: they yeah, over 9 years. They 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 figured out how to make a really satisfying horror film.
1: Mhm. Well, 18 years
0: well yeah for, I I only saw
1: in between hotel, the earliest film it,
0: I saw was Hotel yeah between so.
1: Hotel and Piranha yeah, yeah they exactly. definitely had a quantum leap in their quality that's for sure
0: exactly well that brings us to the end of this episode we hope that if you're celebrating you have a happy Halloween and let us know what horror movies you're going to be watching this
1: year. Yeah, stay safe out there, boils and ghouls.
0: We'll actually be back in a week. We have a supplemental episode coming out. We're going to be talking to Sri Rao, who is a uh, producer and writer mm-hmm. uh, who's recently put out uh, a book, Bollywood Kitchen, which is half a film book half cookbook
1: they hit your uh, interests exactly right in the bullseye because you love making food and you love watching movies so they couldn't have found a better audience for this honestly
0: in the meantime matt how can people keep up with the show
1: well you can check us out on tumblr uh bollywoodisforlovers.tumblr.com you can find us on twitter at bollywoodpod i'm there too at Matt underscore B O W E S.
0: I'm there at Ernie Fraser, E R N E, F R S E R.
1: Yeah. Um, you can also find the show at Audio Boom, Stitcher, Deezer, iHeart, iTunes, probably our favorite one because you can leave us a five star review because you like this episode so much. And you can also find it newly at gradio.ca mm. where you can uh, hear it as part of their podcast programming block.
0: As Matt alluded to, if you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes. It really helps uh, us in the podcast rankings and helps people find the show. And while you're over there on iTunes, please subscribe to my other show that I do with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art in the Movies.
1: What are you doing this week? We're
0: doing an episode about witches. Oh. Yes, about witch covens. So we're going to be How watching. many
1: more witch movies are there for you to watch? Because uh, you guys so have done many. quite a few on that show So too. many.
0: Uh, this one is going to be on the Witches of Eastwick and The Craft. Mm. I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. I love witch movies. hmm <laughs> Thank you for listening.
1: Yes, goodbye.